You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. Warning. The views expressed come from men who've spent half their lives in grease-stained overalls, inhaling hazardous fluids. Before taking any advice, consider the source. This program will contain humor of a questionable nature. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far. He'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al. Hit Hey, it's so nice to be here, and welcome to Dave's Corner Garage. We've got an interesting program for you today. Um, Crown is actually going through their car wash with, for the uh, kids, as wash for a wish, for the Children's uh, Wish Foundation. They're trying to set a yeah. uh, Guinness World Book of Records. Yes, they're trying to do that. Number of car washes in one day. Yeah, yeah we're going to have Trevor on in a few minutes. They're already up to 785 cars. They actually have a score sheet on the computer, and we can tell who's been doing what. A live tote board. A tote board, that's the word, yeah. Uh, Terry uh, O'Keefe is with us. we got all the T's here today. Except for the K. Uh, Terry O'Keefe is with us from OMVIC, and we're going to talk about uh, recent cases that they have mm-hmm. in Ottawa. Seems like Ottawa's a real hot spot. <laughs> a hot bed for criminals. Yeah. They're out of Toronto, and they're all moving up. Actually, there's a lot of them already there. But they're not all on Parliament Hill, are they? <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> Right? Justin's out there selling cars, right? And uh, Carrie Schmidt is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour because of traffic and modifying your car. What you can do, what you can't do, and how much trouble you can get into. Wow. So let's get into some trouble with Trevor when we come back after break. And we're going to be talking about washing your car right after this. Alrighty, we're back and we're going right to the phones. Trevor. Hutchison from Crown, otherwise known as the Crown Prince, is on the call. Hey, how are you? Good morning, gentlemen. You're on the road? Uh, I am on the road. We're just uh, into about our 23rd car here up at our head office washing vehicles. So uh, I'm going to head to another location now. Okay, well, i got to tell you, I'm on the tote board. We should tell everybody that today's the day that we're washing cars for the Children's Wish Foundation. I'm on the tote board. They've done 819 cars just now. Oh, 20. Just changed to 820. <laughs> and Sturgeon Falls is cleaning your clock. Yeah, Sturgeon Falls is doing incredible. Unbelievable. 132 cars done already in Sturgeon Falls, and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, they they started at 6 a.m. this morning. Yeah. Um, and they have, I mean, Sturgeon Falls is not a big town, but they've been promoting this for months. Uh, they do an outstanding job up there. It's actually, you got two locations in Newfoundland. I mean, they got a head start. <laughs> That's, that's right. <laughs> we gave them an hour and a half. <laughs> well, I mean, is this their big social uh, event here in Sturgeon Falls, washing your car at Crown? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a huge event. You know, they're putting on breakfast, 
lunch and <laughs> camp over. So it'll be great. <laughs> Next one is Burlington. Good for those guys. Burlington's location, 85 cars to date. Yeah. And and Sturgeon Falls, Burlington, Berry, some of our, our shops that do a phenomenal job at really getting out there in their community and promoting it. Uh, they get the local businesses involved. Uh, just Just super support. But we've got, you know, we're over 200 locations yes. that are participating in this right now. And we've had, even before this, we started to raise money for it. And we had a couple of silent auctions at a golf tournament. Or as, uh, Dave, I think you call them not-so-silent yeah. auctions. that <laughs> to uh, drive the dollar up. But the gentleman who bid the highest on our, our grand prize, um, he came, he paid for it, he took the prize. And then he came right back and handed it back to us and told us to re-auction it off again. Oh, that's so nice. That is yeah. nice, you know. And Very we, good we've stuff. had just tremendous response from, from people in the community because, you know, everybody is, is, is really touched by, uh, by the Children's Wish Foundation. And so it's, it's, been, a, it's been a success already, but we're, we're well on our way to washing thousands more vehicles today. Yeah, you know, we should also mention that all the monies that we collect, if we collect all this money in Sturgeon Falls, it stays in that area. Uh, and you take no money to operate this. Everything goes exactly as as in, as it comes in. It goes back out to the charity. That's right. Yeah. So a hundred percent of all the funds that are raised, there's no administration fees that are on top of this. The uh, the Children's Wish Organization are just great people, and so they'll uh, distribute this to help families within their area. Yeah. And then all of our crown shops. So the, the suggested donations, ten dollars. But you know, we've already had people come in and you know, contribute $50, and we're, we're giving them a little Crown gift bag to say thank you from Crown, but uh, the, the people have really been phenomenally generous. And then uh, Freeman and is heading out to meet a couple of the families that are going to be uh, helped by this and have been helped by this in years past. Uh, later on this morning out in Markham. Well, i got to tell you, Sturgeon Falls has kind of stalled out. It hasn't changed in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I think they've done the town. <laughs> they emptied the well. Well, Ray, <laughs> and Dover, Newfoundland, they're stuck at 42. Is that all the cars they got in Dover, Newfoundland? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, the whole town came in at once, I think. <laughs> And I have to, you know, we're going to scoot up to one this afternoon, and we're going to be uh, calling in and talking about this. But congratulations. I mean, no, we're trying to get, what, over $60,000 for the foundation. That's right. That's what we're trying to raise. And, and that's really what it's about. It's, uh, you know, the number of cars washed important, but it's, it's the amount of money that we can raise to, uh, to contribute to the main thing. Beautiful. Beautiful. So for more information, go to crown.com uh, forward slash wash, right? Car wash. That's that's right, and you'll see you'll see uh, pictures on there, and then we'll also have information on the, the Children's Wish Foundation, and then you'll see some pictures from all over the country on the car wash, and so it'll be a great day. The weather's been, been perfect, so we're really thankful for that. Good. 846 is the number right now. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your support, gentlemen. We really appreciate it. Hey, we, you know what? We love you. <laughs> and I really mean that. <laughs> I, know, I know you do, dude. Okay, 847, and we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll keep you posted on to how the numbers are doing. Can we sing? You want to? Go ahead. Eyes to bite it, wash the car. Eyes to bite it, raise her. Come on, come on, come on. I'm not going there. They only got 42 guys. Come on, Dover, Newfoundland. Pull up your socks. All right. Pulling your nets. We'll be right back. Pulling your what? Your nets, your nets, fishing nets. Clarify that. <laughs> Alrighty, we've got a couple of calls, a couple of lines are open. We'll do those calls right after we talk with uh, 
Terry for one second. Terry, the curbsider, who, we don't know who came up with that name, but you're saying different... Res, uh, uh, what do we call it? Different jurisdictions? <laughs> different jurisdictions. Locations. Yes, we have an audience here today, by the Thank way. Thank you very much, Dave. That's very good. <laughs> different jurisdictions have different names for curbsiders. Yeah, well, first, we tell people what curbsiders are. So yes. curbsiders are illegal, unlicensed dealers. Uh, here in Ontario, we refer to them, obviously, as curbsiders. Out in the western part of the uh, country, they just call them curbers. Yeah. And down in the, the U.S., they refer to them as curb stoners. Yeah. And I'm, I always thought that was funny. Like, hey, man, you want to buy a car? Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I can't always talk because I'm failing so much. Don't look in the glove box, man. Don't yeah. look in the glove box. So the, for you, as far as the uh, legislation stuff concerned, Ottawa is a really hot area. Yeah, we've had a couple of uh, big uh, convictions uh, in Ottawa. And what was interesting about these dealerships in Ottawa, or sorry, these curbsiders in Ottawa, is that they weren't posing as private sellers, which is the normal MO for curbsiders. Okay, they yeah. pretend they're private sellers selling their own personal vehicles when, in fact, you know, they are buying and selling cars as a matter of business. But these two uh, curbsiders in Ottawa were actually operating from businesses, and people thought they were dealing with a dealer. Mm. So they walked into a place that had... Uh, re- it would look like a big it, retail outlet. Yeah, it had inventory lined mm-hmm. up out front. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most recent one, his name was Ahmad Musa, and uh, he pled guilty to 36 counts He had, uh, uh, for the sale of 70 vehicles. Uh, he was fined $40,000. Uh, but what our investigation uncovered was that some of the, and he was buying vehicles from salvage auctions, mm-hmm. wrecks, wrecks, rebuilding them, and then selling them. Uh, but our investigation showed that some of these vehicles were sold with airbags that were missing. And uh, so we were able to get the names of 50 of these customers and send letters to them, just notifying them that they want to take their car and have it inspected just to make sure that uh, if the airbags are missing, that they're aware of it and they can take steps to deal with it. So if he's a curbsider acting and as his dealer, like play acting as a mm-hmm. dealer, he's collecting all the taxes too. And I bet you they're not going anywhere anywhere. Yeah, like you'd he, have to ask CRA about yeah, right? that. So yeah. he's collecting HST and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Well... If he's a curbside, there's nothing, there's no books or anything? No, and as I say, it was 70 vehicles, and this was over about a two-year time span. So he was selling He was selling a lot of cars. And at the end of the day, a lot of those cars are pretty much loose, useless or have no value. I mean, first of all, they were wrecks to begin with, probably fixed poorly. And, and on top of it, uh, they may not have airbags. Um, so just the cost to, to repair the airbags, and, and that could be $5,000 on the easy off. side. Yeah. And uh, the cars has no value at all. So I have a question for you. Do you need an airbag functioning for emission, for safety it, under the new legislation? There's not a specific test that says we have to look for airbags. Uh, there is a road test, and you have to indicate if there's any indicator lights on the dashboard, any malfunction indicator. However, if someone had just removed the bulb for the airbag, yeah. we would have no way to, of knowing that there's a bad airbag in the car. Sorry, yeah. we have a question from the audience. Uh, Steve? Yes, uh, thank you, Alan. The small audience. Oh, thank you, Dave. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> yes, Steve. Um, so when these, when you do these uh, convictions, basically when a curbsider is, is nailed or the typical person is buying a curbsider, mm-hmm. you have a breakout of how many people are paying cash and how many may be paying check? Because if you have, a, if you pay cash, you're really, <clears throat> but if you have a check, maybe you got a bit of latitude. Yeah, I, we don't. We wouldn't have that research, but uh, it, but you raise a really important point, and it, and it's that you you pretty much are to use your your term um, when you buy from a curbsider, 
it is deemed to be a private transaction. Mm-hmm. You're, it, when it comes to buying a car, you're either buying from a registered dealer or it's a private transaction. Buying from a curbside or even if they're pretending to be a dealer, it's a private transaction. So it means that uh, the Motor Vehicle Dealers Compensation Fund, which is where you could go if you did right. suffer a yeah. financial loss, you can't because only consumers who buy from a registered dealer can make a claim to the compensation fund. So all these consumers, their only recourse would be to take this person to court. So these people in Ottawa who thought they bought from a dealer because Mm -hmm. it was a big fancy place that said, cars, cars, cars. Uh, It said quality motors. Didn't say good quality, though. No, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) That would help you, yeah. (laughs) So they're, they're actually up a tree. They are. As, yeah. Other than going to court, mm-hmm. that's it. And so there's a lesson here. What, if, are, what do people look for? Right. So if you went to a business, I won't call it a dealership because in the instance of Quality Motors, they weren't a dealership. But if you go to a business and it looks like it's a dealership and you want to make sure that they actually are a registered dealer and when you buy from them, you're going to be protected, there's a couple of things you can do. Simply go to Omvic's website, omvic.ca, top right corner of every web page. It says find a dealer or salesperson. Search for them. If they're registered, you'll know. And if they are registered, you'll find out other things. Has the dealership ever been charged? Yeah. Have they been disciplined? All yeah. that information is public. I was shocked at some of the names I picked up. Yeah. And yeah. if they're not registered, run. And I mean that because you're, you're likely dealing with someone who's buying uh, wrecks, right. fixing it up, and, and selling them. You know what? That's been one of my, uh, you know, it upsets me. A bone that, of contention. Uh, yes. Because I had money on that that you would say. The bone, of, bone of contention. Because the, uh, the insurance companies are selling these pieces of junk back to the public. I mean, when you go to the auctions like Impact, which is a major player, you can see they're, they're write-offs. Some of them are burnt pulks because they're just buying them for the VIN numbers, and others are just stuff to be rebuilt or cut and shunt or whatever they do. They should, If it's write-off, the VIN number should be destroyed. The car should be gone, and yet manufacturers still allow that to go on. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, you're right. That's not the way the system works. The only time that happens is... Uh, now we're talking about the sell, the sorry, the branding program yeah. in, in Canada because all all provinces share a similar one. Here in Ontario, there's four brands, uh, irreparable. So if yeah. a vehicle has been so severely damaged that it could never go back on the road again, the insurance company should brand it as irreparable. But the vast majority actually get branded as salvage. Yes, and that salvage vehicle can go back on the road. It has to be repaired inspected and then the brand of salvage has changed to rebuilt and now that car can be resold and that's what was that was what yes. was going on with and, these cars and, in Ottawa. And these cars in Ottawa have to go through a series of tests. A, a body shop has to sign off on it. Somebody's got to put a safety check on it. Somebody's got to do emission tests on it. So I mean there's other people involved other than the curbsider because he's obviously got a net, a, a net of people that he's working with. So it's a pretty complicated business. That's Sorry. because it's very profitable. And Wait. I don't think if it is. No, I wouldn't say that. You don't that. think so? Yes, we have a question from the audience before we go We to got break. music. I'm going to break. Hot spots after we talk. Hot spots in the GTA or outside of Toronto that may be of concern that you could talk about. Sure. Okay. My neighborhood. No, it used to be the Danforth <laughs> Avenue. You know that. Okay. Yeah, but it could be your neighborhood. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. Yeah. you got a car care question, we've got a line open. Give us a call. Yeah, we'll, we'll do be. some questions before we come, right after we answer Terry's question. So we'll be right back. Yeah. Alrighty, we're back, and we, we are right to the phones. And, and uh, uh, yeah, just before the break, we we're talking to Terry, and, and Dave had a bone to pick. He wasn't he wasn't thrilled with the fact that 
anybody can go buy a wrecked car, a car that's been deemed un, you know, not repairable, right. and then fix it and put it back on the road. And we've got a caller on the line now. Peter's calling from Toronto. Got a question about that. Peter? Yeah, very interesting uh, segment. I liked it, but I have a question. Go ahead. Are you painting legitimate rebuilders with too broad a brush? And number two, are there legitimate reasons for owners to buy back salvage value? As a case in point, let's say someone's owned a classic car, call mm-hmm. it a 61 Impala, right. for 20 years, and has put the equivalent of $100,000 into the parts on that car. Mm-hmm. It has some sort of, uh, let's say it has a rollover, mm-hmm. and the insurance company writes it off. Mm-hmm. The owner still has, say, $10,000, $15,000 worth in his own driveline that he knows everything about. Right. He needs to be able to buy that car back for salvage value. And you have the right to do that. You, you, when you make the claim, they will actually give you the option of buying the car, but they will reduce the size of the claim. In other words, you'll pay 15 or 20% penalty to buy the claim out, right? So, yeah. so you can buy the car back. And essentially, as long as you hold the car, no one else is getting hurt. Yeah. But the situation we're talking about is cars that have been in major collisions, even in death, People have died in these cars, and they're coming back on the road. And they're getting sold to other people. See, you you as, you know, you, maybe you weren't in the accident, but you're well aware of the accident because it was your own car, so you know what damages were there, um, and you're keeping the car. We're talking about cars that are wrecked and then getting sold to unsuspecting people. No, those cars should be broken for their components. Yes, there exactly you go. right. Engine. That's right. And here's the other part of that problem is the breaking them for the components. The cars nowadays are good. They don't break down. Engines run 200,000, 300,000 kilometers. So engine yep. sales are flat. Transmission sales are a little bit better. But what else are you going to buy except accident replacement parts? So that's what keeps that driving. Am I right, Terry? Yeah, and, and but Peter raises a good, a, a good point. There are legitimate rebuilders out there, and those vehicles are then sold by a registered dealer yep. who has to provide full disclosure. We're talking about the curbsiders who are not registered dealers who are selling these cars without full disclosure. And the other thing is, it is possible for a vehicle to be what is called a total loss. So the insurance company has written the car off. Maybe it was a result of vandalism and the car didn't have that much value. So that vehicle is is a write-off. It's deemed a total loss by the insurance company, but they won't brand it as salvage. It'll simply be a total loss vehicle. It's not branded as salvage. That's not what we're talking about here in Ottawa. We're talking about vehicles that were involved in collisions that were salvage vehicles that were repaired and then sold. I never, I never, I never discussed about what it was. You know, I was when I was trying to buy a car in Florida. There's this company called Offlease Only, and they have a parking lot with with three thousand cars there, and ninety percent of them have been rebuilt. And the idea is that their prices are so low because they were rebuilt cars. And that's what their, their business plan is. Uh, we'll tell you everything that's going wrong with the car. Here's the Carfax. Here's the car. And they say buy the car, not the Carfax. So the reality is there is a business plan for that, and you're walking in with your eyes open. Well, exactly. And if people know up front what they're buying, nobody has any big issue with yeah, it. All exactly. right, we're going to go back to the calls. We've got uh, Nick in London who's got a problem with his air conditioning. I guess the weather's changed and we could use it right now, eh, Nick? Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh Hi, guys. Uh, it's Linden, not London, which is just outside of Hamilton. Okay. Oh. Um, Alan can't read. Sorry, <laughs> my mistake. That's okay. Um, I have a Grand Caravan 011, and uh, it has dual climate control, meaning passenger or driver. Yes. And um, 
when I'm, I usually notice it in the change of the seasons, like you said. So I've had the heat on for all winter, and I go to put the air on. Mm-hmm. The heat stays on, sometimes, right. sometimes for an hour, sometimes for days. Once it's finally shifted or got unstuck, does it work the rest of the day? Or, yeah, or? Yes, yes, it does. So it's just that one time of the year kind of thing. Well, yeah, but you, you have days maybe where it warms up, so you're turning the heat off, and, mm-hmm. but the heat is still coming out even though you haven't selected air. Blendor? And yeah. um, sometimes it's the passenger side stays on, the driver doesn't, and opposite. Okay. You want, want to go ahead, Tom? What they have tell is, you? Well, they have a little <laughs> electric actuators that, that make the doors move, you know, when, okay. because the computer is telling it to, to move and adjust the temperature, okay. um, but the doors aren't moving properly. Um, and what's, what's happened, or what we find in a lot of cases, Fords do it and Chrysler's do it, you know, the, the components inside the heater box are just bare, crappy metal, um, and there's no lubricant put on them. And what happens is after a period of time, uh, they begin to rust a little bit, and that rust makes the door hang up. The actuation doesn't work as it okay. should. I mean, you know, it's good that it is working, um, but unfortunately to fix it properly, you'd have to take the whole dashboard apart. Take the dash it's it's, it's kind of crazy. Not worth it. No, not at all. Yeah. Already? Okay, thanks for your help. You're very yeah. welcome. I think the other issue on those vehicles, too, we've had a bunch of them in, is the uh, the pipes that go down to the back yep. evaporator corrode? Uh, I've already done some 13 cars, so here's cars that are only four years old. Uh, perfect example why people should go get their car sprayed with Crown or some kind of rust. Yeah, thing. I'm going to go get back to the site. Otherwise, and check it's a thousand bucks just to fix. Okay, when we come back, we're going to be uh, doing phone calls and talking to Terry about hot spots in Ontario where a lot of these curbsiders hang out. Which could be the mall, it could be Timmy's. <laughs> donut shop. Donut shop, yeah. Well, it could be all over the place. So let's talk about that. I guess the ones that do really well hang out at the Second Cup or the uh, Starbucks, eh? Buy in haste, repent in leisure. <laughs> this we'll is right Dave's back. Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Okay, garage door is wide open. My name's Dave Redinger. I'm with Alan Gelman, Terry O'Keefe from... OMVIC, which is the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. And uh, our audience today will be Steve Scheiman. I'm uh, going to the car wash in Port Dover. <laughs> well, I was, let's, here's a little update. We did 1,031 cars just now. Sturgeon Falls has actually finished some vehicles. They're up to 174. And in Dover, Newfoundland, they washed every car in town, and it's stuck at 42. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the Legion. Eyes to buys the bills the boat. I need to buy to wash the car. So you can, get a, a, her? Come you can get a nice breakfast at the Legion. Isn't it great? <laughs> uh, I used to go to the Legion when I was a kid working up north. That was the a decade stuff ago. stuff that would happen there. I need to buy it. It stops the rust. Okay, let's pull it back okay. on the rails, boys. Let's give uh, a call to Trevor. <laughs> let's talk to... Um, we can't see. It's someone in a Buick, and their ignition key is just not working. Yeah. Go ahead, line one. Hi there. Hi, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Okay, uh, I have a problem with my uh, Buick. It's an older one. Um, when I shut the car off, I can't take the key out. Mm-hmm. So I went on YouTube. There's a little plastic um, tab underneath the steering column. You remove that, and you put a screwdriver in there, and it unlocks the ignition switch. Right. So I've been doing that. I can live with that, but I'm just wondering what a fix would be for that car. Well, you, someone has to take apart the steering column and, 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 and change the pieces inside. Yeah. yeah. Um, either that or there's, you're not getting a signal from the brake light switch because a number of things that happen here. Um, you know, power goes to the brake light switch. Uh, there's one that comes off of that to tell the ignition uh, that you are actually stepping on the brake pedal so it, uh, you know, that stops, that will allow you to start the car. A um, couple things to fix. Um, you know what? If you want, what part of town are you in? Mississauga. Yeah, well, if you like, uh, my number will come up at the end of the show, and you're welcome to give me a call, and I'll try to put an estimate together for you. All righty? 
Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're very welcome. It's not a great situation, you know, because... Well, he, he's got it figured out. Yeah, but he's running from his fiance's house and the father's chasing him. <laughs> and he's got to get in the car and he goes, hang on! Well, I hope, the, put my I hope the muffler's good because the muffler fell off and it's hard to sneak out, eh? Uh, All right, we're going to talk to Jerry in Brantford you know who's got a brand new Avalon. It's not working. How would you know that? Jerry, what can we do for you? <laughs> brand new, a 2015 Avalon Limited in okay. July of 2016. This oh. is one of those that was pulled off the lot for the pre-collision upgrade. Okay. I assume it sat for six months until they got the upgrade accomplished. I have five times since last July had this unit let me down electrically, go out, try to start it dead as a doornail. Oh. After two of those trips, the dealer finally pulled the battery, admitted there was a dead cell in it, put the new battery in, and yet I've had this happen three times since. Now, they've discussed the possibility of giving it to them overnight to check for a leak. Your comments, please. Okay. Well, I think what they're talking, they're talking about a parasitic draw. All right, it's a parasitic draw. Something is on that's yeah. not shutting off. Um, so much equipment in the car. Oh, yeah, terrible. But it could be something as simple as the glove box not closing properly and the light I'm being I'm sorry, closed. the what? The, the glove box. The, oh, I see, Sometimes, you know. sometimes yeah. these problems are, are so simple, but they're always looking for heavy solutions. So Parasitic. Well, here's what they should be doing. That's right. Uh, we're looking for a bug. Okay. Yeah. They, they will put a meter between the battery and the, the hookup for the battery. In other words, the positive lead yep. to the battery. There'll be a, a meter in there, and they'll be looking for it to die after it's 30 seconds. It should, everything should just shut down. Yeah. All right. The other part of it is the car has a built-in um, battery saver. Mm-hmm. It should never go below 12 volts because it shuts everything off so that you can restart. I so see. It may, just, may be a faulty computer. This is a really serious problem because the car is so electronic yes. that, that it could be components have to be pulled out. But, Jerry, I would take their advice and leave the car with them for yeah. a day or two so they can well, monitor it. Well, they were going to call me, of course, and give me a, a date. That was, what, three, four weeks ago. No, well, don't. Him- they've forgotten about you. <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd give them a call, have them give you a loaner car in the meantime, and uh, get right on it. Because, now, you know, once you're out of warranty, they're not going to cover this. You have other options, right? Doesn't he have CAMVAP? Yeah, absolutely. If the dealers, uh, or the manufacturer, sorry, if the manufacturer is unwilling or unable to, to repair the vehicle, he could file a claim with the Canadian Motor Vehicle Arbitration Plan. Right. right. Now, tell me again, what was this unit between the battery and the... It's just it's well, an ammeter. An ammeter. Ammeter. Okay. Ammeter. Yeah, yeah they're going to check the draw. Here's your options. Well, you know, you can if they cannot fix this car. All right, you're at the dealer level now. If you call the manufacturer in and say, "I want to talk to the district service manager," and get right. him involved. Yep. They can't fix the car. There is a, a process where you can have the car replaced and get on with your life. Yeah. And that and and Terry was telling you it's called CAMVAP. C A M V A P. And it's, uh, I think Toyota's part of CAMVAP. They are. Yeah. So you can actually go there, plead your case, and get another car. I even went out the last time so fed up and bought a battery charger unit at Canadian Tire and put it in the trunk. I said, I'm not going to get stuck again. You know, but you don't have to go through that. Get the thing, like I say, follow up, go to the manufacturer, can't get that done, get another car. Just Thank like you. that. Just like that. Just like that. You're Jerry, thanks for calling. Wait around. I'm not waiting anymore. Good luck with your problem. <laughs> Hope you can stay juiced up. Today is all yesterday. No, no. <laughs> that's very good, Alan. Audience approves of that last one. Staying juiced up? That's yeah, by 8 out of 10. There you go. You're going to the Jays game today, aren't you? Uh, no, I am. My line. Fact. Don't get juiced up. That's the line I tell my wife every time I buy something she doesn't want me to buy. What do you say? 
Uh, I say. Uh oh, be careful, everybody. I forgot. Eyes divided, careful. wash the car. And eyes divided, please. Okay. What Come I on, Newfoundland. Uh, now is later. What are you <laughs> waiting for later for? Now is later. <laughs> this is Dane's Corner Garage. We'll be back later. What did you buy? I Soon. bought a Mustang. <laughs> Okay, we're back. Just a quick reminder. Tomorrow, uh, Young Street, the exotic car show is on. Yorkville exotic car show yeah, on Yorkville. Bloor Street. Millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of vehicles on the Mink Mile. How do you like that? Doesn't that sound expensive? So um, they redo really it. They have rows of Ferraris, rows of Jaguars, rows of Porsche, all kinds of stuff. It's free. Uh, they re- actually carpet the street in red carpet between Avenue Road and Young Street. Mm-hmm. And you can just wander along, go to the local restaurants, have a great time. And it's free. There's no admission yeah. charge. That I made be- a mistake. I went, and I ended up buying $700 worth of dishes, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is a lot of fun. I really did. I went down there. And, I, and you go by Subway. You get off of university, just walk down, we get back, and boom, you grab your uncle. Well, at least you didn't buy a mink. That would have cost way more money. It was $700 for dishes I didn't know I needed. <laughs> well, no food on them. That's what really ticked you off. <laughs> Anyways, Meanwhile, back at the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carrie Schmidt is with us. Carrie, good morning. How are you? Hey, very good. How are you doing this morning? Great. I hope you're not busy. Well, you know, I am busy, but uh, so far uh, highways are moving well here, and traffic's uh, going all right. Lots of guys going back and forth, uh, going enjoying the uh, hot Saturday morning. Gotta love it. A lot of convertible tops down. A lot of motorcycles out there. Just uh, take it easy out there. Terry, do you find you that it's busier on Thursdays now than it is on Fridays? You know, for long weekends, it's it's funny. And now as we get into the summer months, uh, a lot of weekend warriors, a lot of people are getting to jump on things, especially once we get into the long into the long weekends and the holidays. Uh, Thursday often is the uh, the exodus out of the city if people are heading out of town. So they want to get, get full advantage of uh, these weekends. They're short enough as it is. So Yeah. I, I, there's tra- you know, there's traffic every single day, but... Yeah, sure. Thursdays we see a lot of equipment going uh, north, south, east, and west, uh, wherever your place of uh, relaxation is. But a lot of things going on in the city, like you're talking about uh, down on Young Street. Mm-hmm. Lots of people uh, coming and going. The uh, thing that we were talking about before we got on air was people modifying their cars. Do you see yeah. a lot of that? Like, you know, I noticed um, a lot of cars with exhaust systems are really loud, mm-hmm. louder than normal. Uh, you know, high performance tires, wide out, stretched out blacked out windows. What's the big concern for the OPP? Well, safety is our big concern. Uh, the law is the, is the law. It already is very clear and specific uh, in terms of wheels and tires. It must be the properly fitted tire and wheel for that vehicle. Uh, mufflers and, and noise and the regulation that says every motor vehicle shall be equipped with a muffler in good working condition mm-hmm. uh, with, to prevent excessive noise or unusual noise. Uh, and you can't have a cutout, straight exhaust, gutted, and all these other types of mufflers uh, on your vehicle. So the law is specific, and if we see something that uh, is contrary to that, uh, you're going to be facing a penalty. But when it comes down to uh, safety, we don't want to see, we don't want to see people modifying their vehicles uh, to the level where maybe it would uh, give you some uh, some advantage on a track, but it's not designed for highway use. So. You know, if you want to, if you want to have a, a race car, go go ahead. You just can't drive it on the highway. So there's also another issue here. If you're modifying your car and you you get involved in a serious accident, isn't aren't there criminal charges? Like if if you've made the car unsafe. Absolutely. If, if this vehicle is unsafe and you get involved in a wreck, you you hurt or kill somebody, uh, you're you're looking at 
far more liability, not just from us, but civilly as well, from anybody that you're involved with. And uh, if the insurance company finds out that you're driving a vehicle that is not what's on the insurance slip, although the, the make and model may be there, but there's nothing else that resembles that kind of vehicle, you may be out of luck as well. So uh, the insurance companies uh, you know, aren't going to be paying the benefits when someone's done something to their vehicle to uh, to uh, to modify, to make it dangerous, because that's not what they're insuring. So that's something that I think everybody should be very aware of. You never think it's going to happen to you, and then all of a sudden one day it does, and it's too late. But on the plus side, they're easy to find. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not too hard to find. They make a lot of noise. They like to make grab attention, and it, it doesn't need to be uh, big exotic vehicles. It can be anybody with an old car that's, uh, that's chopped it, cut it, modified it, and uh, they stand out in a crowd, so uh, for good or for bad. You know, when I was running the shop, these guys would cut the springs on their Hondas, and they'd yeah. cut it so much that the windshields would crack because the shocks on the road weren't, weren't being absorbed, and the actual windshields on the cars cracked. I see that. I, I don't get it. I don't understand uh, why it is. If they think it looks cool, maybe. I guess I'm just too old for that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we've seen people... Switching the, switching the suspension, putting shocks where uh, the springs are and flipping them back around, and then you, you lose all suspension altogether. And obviously, if you aren't having uh, full uh, steering control, you know, you're, you're losing all sorts of stability within those vehicles. Guys that have cambered wheels, again, you know, it may look cool, but looks isn't going to save your life when you need it on the highway. Exactly. No point in having a car that just goes straight when you got to make a turn once no, in a while. You know, even when you come up to the curb, the yeah. park, you take out the bottom skirt and you damage the All right, Kerry, thanks for joining us. Have yourself a great weekend. Hey, my pleasure. You too. Enjoy your weekend. And good thanks. fishing, my friend. Oh, all right. I'll look for some water. <laughs> right. Take care. Bye-bye. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We've got a few minutes left of the show, and we've got some callers standing by. We're going to get right to them after this break. Okay, say hi, Al. Hi, Al. <laughs> okay, we're back, and uh, we were talking with Terry about hot spots of uh, curbsiders or where charges are coming from. Yeah, so if you wanted to put hot spots on a map of Ontario with little red dots, just cover the entire map, Brad. Exactly. Uh, they operate everywhere. Here's well, just, there's lots of donut shops. Uh, eh? Yeah, that's right. So here's some of the most recent uh, charges, uh, the, the locations. Bell Ewart. Aurora, Gloucester, Scarborough, Toronto, Scarborough, North York, Thornhill, Guelph, Harriston, Richmond Hill, Newmarket, Ridgeway. Those are the most recent charges that have been laid uh, for curbsiding. Uh, just to give you an idea, it, it's pre- it's prevalent. And you can find can you find those on your website on all, a daily all, basis? Yeah, all this, all this information is available on our website. Just look for enforcement and uh, the enforcement tab, and then you can see charges and convictions. So anytime OMVIC investigators, they're all provincial offenses officers, all former cops, when they lay a charge, that information is now public and it's available on our website. I'm reading out the locations. The names of the individuals are here too. Now, you were telling me that uh, so many percentage of these guys are on Kijiji or Craigslist. That's where they're operating, yeah. and, that, and they're lying in wait there. Uh, you know, if, if you're trying to find out if you're dealing with a curbsider, a couple of things you can do. Just, hey, I'm calling about the car you have for sale. Which car? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they say which one, well, you're probably dealing with a curbsider. And when you go to see the car, one of the first things you want to do, and it, and it requires you to be a little bit bold, is say, can I see the ownership for the vehicle mm-hmm. and your license? I want to make sure it's registered to you. Mm-hmm. And if it's not... There's a very good chance you're dealing with a curbsider. Now, they'll have an excuse, oh, I'm selling it for a friend or a family member or whatever, but that's 
a that's a telltale sign that they could be a curbside. I actually see that in the ads. Mm-hmm. You know, selling for a friend. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it, I see it in the ads because I watch Kijiji because we're always looking for stuff, and it, it says I'm selling it for a friend. You know, if you want more information, phone this number. Well, just as we discussed earlier in the show, I mean, the, the assumption is like we'd like to tell people if you buy from a registered dealer. Uh, or a big fancy place, which we just found out won't necessarily cover your butt. Um, here we've got people that have a retail location and still don't have a license. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So you, it, it. What's the sign in the store that they should see? Well, they should see their OMVIC license. It's supposed to be uh, posted. Posted. Uh-huh. And the other thing that you can do, I know we talked about going to our website and searching there. There's something even simpler you can do. Walk into the dealership or the business. And simply ask the salesperson, can I see your OMVIC license? Yep. By law, they have to carry it with them when they're, when they're conducting business, and they have to show it to anyone who asks to see it. And it's, another thing uh, I wanted to say was, by the way, before we uh, close the show, if you're holding on the line for us to talk to you, stay on the line. We'll talk to you after the show ends. So you didn't wait for nothing. We'll, we'll definitely give you the information. But um, when you're buying from a dealer, you're not always paying more than you are from a curbsider. I mean, the reality is it's fair market value for the vehicle. And I found that even me that is a dealer, retired, I buy from dealers because they really do a good job in reconditioning the car. I get the cars that they're like brand new. Most of them do. Most of them are interested in having repeat business. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are going to be occasions, not every time, not every transaction with a dealership goes perfectly. Our, you know, we have a complaints and inquiries team. Why? Because there are sometimes issues. But it is the far safer way to buy. Dealers are required to provide all in price advertising. They're required to provide full disclosure of a vehicle's past use history and condition. And there are some things that if the dealer fails to do, automatically triggers your right to cancel the contract. Right. You And of course, you have access to that motor vehicle dealer's compensation fund that we talked about earlier. You get none of the those protections. Absolutely none if you buy and privately. The other thing that struck me was you've got all that history and, and knowledge that you can work on. And the, the, the example was a guy's buying a Suzuki to tow a boat and he blows up the engine of the Suzuki. The dealer would advise you not to buy the Suzuki but to buy a truck, right? You just you it's your idea that you want to save gas, but that machine is not the what the right machine for what you should be buying. And that's exactly right, because dealers are bound by it's it's another piece of legislation called the Sale of Goods Act. Yes. Which requires the dealers to make sure that the vehicle is fit for purpose. It's an implied warranty and that the vehicle is of merchantable quality. That's the other uh, implied warranty of the Sale of Goods Act. Yeah. And so dealers are bound to do that. You buy that car privately, the private seller can tell you anything. The private goods ad says if you buy a box of cereal, you expect it to be full of cereal. That's right. Right. So if you buy a car, you expect it to operate. And to provide reasonable transportation That's for right. a reasonable yeah. period of time. And it applies to, to RVs as well if you're going to buy you know, camping season coming up. It, well, actually, that's a great point, Steve. All these laws apply to RVs, but specifically motorhomes. Yes. It wouldn't apply uh, to trailers. We don't license trailer dealers uh, because they're not considered a motor vehicle under the Highway Traffic that's Act. That's correct. But a motorhome is. Right. So an RV is covered by, and it's bigger money in an RV. I mean, how high does how high does your fund go? Forty thousand. Forty five thousand dollars for the is the maximum claim uh, to the compensation fund. Yeah. Uh, so it is possible if you're buying a big ticket item like a a motorhome that 
it's it's you could incur a uh, a loss bigger than that. Here's an opportunity surcharge if you need more insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm buying a hundred thousand dollar RV. How can I double my fund just to protect myself? <laughs> but so, you're buying a big ticket item like an R like an RV. You want to be protected, no, right? But every any car right now is in that thirty-five to fifty thousand dollar range. I mean, that's not an un, unheard of number. Yeah, but we're usually talking used cars, so I yeah. mean, used cars don't go for that kind of money. Mercedes, you want to buy a Cadillac SRX, you want to buy, a, you know, a Lexus and all that stuff. That's all big numbers. Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. Some of these cars sell for one hundred thirty thousand, one hundred forty thousand new, so you're going to be paying the eighty, ninety thousand for some of them. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right. For yeah. some of them. And this, it would also, the fund would also protect someone who gave their motor home or even an expensive vehicle to sell on consignment yes. at a registered dealer, up to $45,000 if something went wrong. Just sign off the ownership, leave it with me, and I'll send you the money when I was selling it. Uh, they're supposed to do a little more than that. <laughs> By the way, we've done almost 1,200 cars already. Sturgeon Falls is still the leader with 155 units being washed. And Niagara Falls has taken over from Burlington with 90 units. And nobody's come to Dover, Newfoundland in the last 20 they're minutes. They're still too much stuck time. at 42. They're taking too much time cleaning cars. Maybe they're waiting for the ferry to come. Uh, and Brockville <laughs> is at the bottom of this t- number 10 list of 31 units. So they're going to their targets. Good stuff. Alrighty. Uh, you've been listening to Dave's Corner Garage. Alan, thank you. Thank you. And Terry from uh, Omvic. Omvic. The number is? 1-800-943-6002. Or omvic.ca. Thank you to our audience, Steve, and of course, Sebastian. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Bye, Bye everybody. everyone. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.